Uh, my son Landon, who is now seven, when he was a real little kid, we were going to have a birthday party for him at a park near our house, and so we'd reserve some space there, and we said, all right, on June 20th, that's his birthday, we're going to this park, and we're going to have your birthday, and he was just a real little guy, and so every time he was thinking about his birthday, he would always say, when are we going to June 20th? And he always thought, like, the park's name was June 20th. He mistook, he mistook the date for the location, okay? And so we would always kind of laugh and say, no, buddy, no, it's, it's the place is the park and the date is your birthday. And so, but, but it's kind of been kept alive as a little joke. In fact, we drove past June 20th yesterday and we all said, hey, there's June 20th, you know? And so that park's been kind of renamed. But you know what? Often we as church people, and maybe if you're not a church person, you've thought this way too, that the church is a location, right? The church is just a building. Here we are, and and this is Living Word Church, and it's about this place. But today and over the next several weeks, I want to say that belonging to a church is not about belonging to a location. And you know what? Even further than that, it's not about belonging to a preaching style or a worship style or a kids program or a youth ministry. It's all about belonging to people. That's what the church is. That's who the church is. It's people. It's people, some of us who are already in love with Jesus, and it's others of us who are trying to figure out maybe what we believe about Jesus, but we gather together, and belonging is about people, not buildings or preaching or worship or ministries or programs. It's all about belonging to other people. You can't belong to a building or a preaching style or any of those other things. All you can do is belong to people. So for the next few weeks, I want to talk with you about why belonging is so important and what it looks like and how we do it. And we're going to spend our time just saying, okay, this is what it means to be the church. And this is what it means to actually belong somewhere. But here's the thing. Belonging is tricky. Why? Because other people are imperfect, aren't they? And so we start saying, hey, belonging is about people. It's not about preaching, worship, a building. It's about people. It's about committing to other people. Then you go, but wait, other people are broken. Other people are messy. Other people get it wrong sometimes. Other people say and do things that are hurtful. Yeah, and that's what we're going to talk about a little bit here today because you know what? Christians sometimes disagree and Christians sometimes hurt each other, but we're still the church and we still got to belong somewhere. Sometimes we disagree. I mean, every time Christians have disagreed in the past, it feels like they started a new denomination, right? So you got the Baptists and the Pentecostals and the Lutherans and and, and Christians disagree. You ever heard how many Christians it, it takes to change a light bulb? Well, there's all different versions of it because of all the different um, denominations we have. With charismatics, it only takes one because their hands are already up in the air, you know? So, so they're, they're good. Uh, Pentecostals, it takes ten. Uh, one to change the light bulb, but nine to pray against the spirit of darkness. And so uh, Presbyterians, it actually takes none because God predestines whether the lights are going to be on or off. Um, Episcopals, eight. It's one to call the electrician and seven to say how much they like the old one better. Um, Methodist it takes 10, one to change the bulb, nine to attack the preacher because someone's grandma gave that bulb to the church a long time ago. And Baptist, it takes at least 10. It takes one to change the bulb, a committee to approve the change, and someone to provide a casserole. So that, that's, that's really what it all comes down to. So there's going to be disagreement, right? Christians, unfortunately, don't always see things the same way, and yet belonging is still so, so important. And so we're going to disagree sometimes, and unfortunately, we're going to hurt each other sometimes, and we're going to disappoint each other, and there's going to be times where someone hurts you, and there's going to be times where you hurt someone, and yet we still have to belong. And this is so important, because here's what happens so often, okay? 
So often, we enjoy going to church and we enjoy attending until the disagreement or the hurt or the offense. And then people often do one of two things. One is they say, okay, well, I liked coming here, but now it's time to find a different place because I was hurt or because I disagreed or because I was disappointed. And so, so often people say, okay, I'm out of here. Now listen, I am not saying that sometimes God doesn't have us move churches. Okay, I'm not saying that. I'm going to talk a little bit about that later, all right? But what I am saying is I think it happens too often. I think it happens too much because we don't deal with the hurt or the disagreement or the offense in the right way, okay? And so we're going to look a little bit about that and and just say that's not the go-to, okay? Sometimes God has you leave a church, but that's not the go-to, I don't think that's God's heart a lot of the time. It's to sit and to look at the person who hurt you and figure out how to work it out. It's to sit and look at the leadership that disappointed you and figure out how to work it out. And we're going to look at what that looks like here. Wow, I lost my voice there for a second. You like that? Uh, We're going to look at what that looks like here today. The second thing people often do is they just leave church altogether. They just say, I'm just better going this alone. I've been hurt. I'm, I'm tired. I mean, I'm a pastor and I've had that thought, you know. Maybe I should just turn on the TV and listen to that preacher guy on Sunday morning and stay home in my, in my uh, pajamas. And, you know, I mean, because it, hurt, it hurts to belong. It hurts to trust other people because sometimes that trust is broken. It hurts to pour out your relationship and invest in people relationship, uh, relationally only to be disappointed. That hurts. That's hard. And yet that's what belonging is all about. And I think, guys, the last thing any of us wants is to die old and alone, right? We all want to belong. We all want community. And so belonging is so important. And this is important for us as individuals because of what I just said about, you know, having people in our lives and having relationships and not dying old and alone. But this is also important for us as a whole church because, man, we have a huge mission. We have, we have a booth down at Nes Concert Day right now with are people looking at thousands of people walking by who need Jesus, right? And so we have a huge mission. And I'll tell you, here's what I've seen. I've been at this church for 14 years, and this happens in every church. But what I've seen is, is when this whole issue of I'm, I'm leaving or I'm going to just go it alone or whatever it is, it, it so distracts from the mission of the church. And I think back to all the people that have left this church over the last 14 years, and some of them I'm sure God let out, Right? And some of them I'm thankful God let, no, it's horrible. No, and, and, some of them, and some of them I think left just because they were hurt or disappointed. And I think that hurt our mission overall. And it didn't kill it. We're still here. God is good. We're alive and well. And we wish the best for everybody that left. That's great. But, but man, at the end of the day, I think God just has something for us to com- accomplish together. And we're so easily taken out. And so my heart for us is, is to just work through this and, and talk a little, bit, a little bit about what this looks like to, to move forward together and to belong somewhere and to invest in relationship, even when it's messy and even when it hurts. And I just want to let you know, uh, this message is not aimed at anybody. This message has been planned for six months, and I wrote this message about six weeks ago. And so if you're here today going like, oh man, like maybe Doug's sensing I've been a w- little weird lately. Like I, I'm kind of clueless, and so no, I'm not aiming anything at you. And if you're here visiting from another church, you are more than welcome. We're glad you're here. I hope you don't feel like I'm stepping on your toes. I'm just talking about what I know God has for us to talk about here today. And so we're going to look at some verses in Colossians today. And, and as we kind of jump there, you guys want to turn to Colossians 3 if you have a Bible. Otherwise, the verses will be on the screen. 
But as we turn there, I just want to say, if you're not a follower of Jesus, we're so glad that you're here. And we understand that some of this is kind of confusing to you. And you're like, wait, I kind of feel like I'm on the inside of a family conversation here. Like, you ever had that situation where you're over your friend's house and your friend's family decide to have like a family meeting? And you're like, this is super awkward. I'm right in the middle of this thing. I don't know why I'm here. And so maybe you feel like that today. But I promise you that there are going to be several things I'm going to say today that will apply to you and where you're at. And I think maybe some of the reason you haven't been at church in a while, or maybe this is your first time trying it because you've been disappointed with God, or maybe some of that is because you've known Christians, and you've known Christians not to work through things, and they haven't been very gracious or forgiving, and they haven't been trustworthy. And so I want you to see, too, we're working on that, okay? And so stick with us. There's some things I want to say say specifically to you through the message. So Colossians 3, Paul wrote Colossians. He was a guy who was used by God incredibly. He started out a mess. He started out in all kinds of trouble, and yet God forgave him much and then used him much, and he went from the church's greatest enemy to the church's greatest missionary. And so we're going to look at some of the words that Paul wrote to his friends in this place called Colossae. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, here's what Paul says. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Now, why would I need to clothe myself with those things? Paul, why are you writing this to the Christians who go to the Colossian church? Because there are people in the Colossian church, and people are imperfect. And so he's saying, hey, you got to clothe yourself with some things to weather some storms. You know, I think about those days where it's just bitterly cold, and you put on all those extra layers. I think about Thanksgiving two years ago when we played football out at the Browns Road Park, and it was evil out. It was just so cold. And I had Under Armour shirts, sweatshirts, coats, and I was still freezing. And I think about all those layers I put on. I think that's what Paul's saying here. He's saying, hey, put on some layers. Clothe yourself with these things because you're going to need these things to weather the relationship storms that you go through in your church, Colossians. That's what he's saying here. And so in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, he lists some of these different kinds of things. And so he brings up compassion. Well, why would he bring up compassion? Well, because compassion helps you climb inside somebody's skin, right? And see where they're coming from. And and it helps you understand and, and go, wow, okay, maybe that wasn't sort of the greeting or the interaction I was hoping for with those people. But, all right, I'm going to have compassion remembering maybe they're going through something I don't, I don't know about. Or maybe I do know about it, and so I'm going to have compassion on them. He says, kindness. He brings up kindness. And, and so kindness makes you get up out of your seat and welcome somebody. Kindness helps you swallow your pride as these new people have been sitting in your normal seats, right? That's what kindness does for you. And I'm telling you, that's the better alternative than to get upset and try to lure them out of those seats, right? <laughs> like end up in the parking lot writing down their license plate number and hand it to me that, yeah, their lights are on. Can you announce that from the stage? <laughs> Look, kids are a row opened up. How wonderful, right? Or the old Pentecostal trick, I really felt the Holy Spirit in this general area. You might want to switch to that section over there, right? And so, you know, again, just, just putting on kindness instead of those things. Humility, this is huge. When you are wrong and you have to say, look, I was really wrong. What I said, what I did, I apologize. I'm going to humble myself and say I did not act in the way that God would want me to. But it's also important for when we are wronged to humble ourselves and say, yeah, you did say some things that were hurtful, and I will forgive you, and I'm going to work through it. And so these are some important clothes, so to speak, that we need to put on to weather these storms. Gentleness, when we want to come barreling in and be right. 
just calm down. Gentleness is actually tied to the word humility also, if you look at that in the Greek. And so patience It's when, man, isn't there that person in your life that it seems like God created to get on your every last nerve? <laughs> like, like God was fashioning this person. They're like, this will help in Doug's sanctification process. Go, go and torment. You know, like, I release you. Like, go be with him, you know? And, and you know, I think that that's going to happen to every single one of us. They're going to end up in our community groups. They're going to end up on the same volunteer team. Their friends are going to become friends with our, our, our kids. And, or their kids are going to become friends with our kids. And, you know, like all that happens. And so, you know, just saying, okay, I'm going to be patient. I'm going to calm down. And, and let me just encourage you. You are that person that drives somebody else crazy. You were, per- oh, you're not laughing on that one. Okay. You were perfectly designed by God to drive some other people crazy and push some other people's buttons. And I know I... M2, don't say amen on that. That'd be like the one amen I get in this message. Yeah, Doug, you really are annoying. Um, but he says, clothe yourselves with all these things. Because there's going to be storms, and there's going to be hurt, and there's going to be disagreement, and there's going to be disappointment. But rather than run somewhere else, and rather than give up on church altogether, or rather than just be to yourself in your own little corner and make sure you sit on that side when he or she sits on that side, God's saying, no, clothe yourself with these things. And then he says, bear with each other. Okay, not run from each other, not hide from each other. Bear with each other. And in the Greek, the word bear means to endure. And that's where we get our word endurance. What does endurance look like? That looks like the long haul, doesn't it? I'm going to endure. I'm going to hang in there. I'm not going to run. I'm not going to just go my own way because I'm disappointed, hurt, or disagree. But no, I'm going to endure and I'm going to hang in there with these people. And then it says this, and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. So Paul's commanding forgiveness here. He's saying, hey, forgive each other. You people in Colossae, you Colossians, you people that drive each other crazy in your local church, forgive each other. Well, what's the motivation here, Doug? Why should I forgive you know, someone who's wronged me? We'll look at the next part of the verse. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Forgive the person who sits in your seat because the Lord forgave you. Forgive the person that gossiped about you because the Lord forgave you. Yeah, but they don't deserve for me to forgive them. Yeah, I know, but you and I don't deserve to be forgiven either. And so forgive as the Lord forgave you. The person that broke your trust, the person that went behind your back, the person that said things you, you never thought you'd hear from a Christian, forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, let me just say to you for a second, This is the huge hope that we have in Jesus, is that the Lord forgives us. If you're here today saying, Doug, why are you saying all this? Why do you care about the church? Why do you care about Long Island? Because God forgives sinners like me and like you. And that's the hope that we have in all of this. And then verse 14, he says, Over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And so the key here is love. And you might say, Doug, how do I become more loving? I mean, I could try to love. I could try and, you know, work up this love thing in my heart. Or no, no, no. How do I do it? Well, you become more loving by being as close to love as you can possibly be. Because love is a person. God is love. And so how do I become more loving? Be as close to love personified as possible. And so when you and I walk into church and people are rubbing us the wrong way and there's all these issues, man, the, the, the answer is Get closer to Jesus. Stay close to God. Cling to God because it's all about that love relationship you have with him which will fuel your love relationship with those around you. And then he says, 
in the next part of the verse here, what I really want to spend the rest of our time on here today. Verse 15, he says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And so let's spend some time on this, okay? So we're called to peace. We're called to work together. But those words right there, members of one body, are so important. And honestly, they're really confusing, okay? And so I want to spend some time talking about these few words for the rest of of our time this morning. Members of one body. What does it mean that we are members of one body? Well, Paul's using an illustration, okay? And you and I have a body, and we have members of that body. My arm is a member. My leg is a member of my body, right? And so Paul is saying, I want you Colossians to view your local church as one body. So you got your arm, and you got your leg, and you got your eyes, and your ears, and everything works together, and, and so just think about your body for a second. When your body bothers you, when there's a troubled area in your body, you don't just think, I need to get away from this. I need to dismember this part of my body. I need to, you know, either get rid of it or I need to move myself away from it, right? I mean, last time I had a problem in my foot where I just, it fell asleep and it was tingling. When I stood up, I wasn't like, honey, get me the chainsaw. I got to get rid of this thing, you know, right? It's my body. And so I'm going to, care for it. I'm going to stay with it. I'm going to be unified with that part of my body. I'm going to care for it. I'm going to give it the attention that it needs to be healthy. And that's who we are. We are one body. The Colossians were one body. That local church was one body. They were together and they were to be unified. And now this is where things get a little bit confusing, okay? Because there's a great question that comes up. Okay, Doug, I hear you saying the Colossians were one body, but isn't there like a bigger illustration here? Like, isn't the whole church part of one body? And the answer to that is yes, and yet the local church is also one body. How does that work? Okay, I'm going to try to explain this all for you, all right? Mark Dever said it this way, most references to the church in the New Testament are to local churches, local church bodies, okay? As when Paul writes to the church of God in Corinth or to the churches in Galatia, okay? So that's what we have in the beginning of the book of Colossians. It starts like this, to the holy and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, okay? So stick with me. I know we're getting a little bit, you know, broad and whatnot, but here I'm going to try to make this crystal clear. Some of you guys might think to yourself, okay, if, if there's like the corporate body of God, right, which is every Christian through all, all history and across the whole world, then if I get offended at the living word church part of the body, can't I just plug myself in at the street, in church down the street part of the body and be okay? Like, I'm not giving up on church, I'm not, but I'm, I'm just relocating. Like, I used to be a part of the arm, now I'm part of the foot. Like, can I do that? Can I sort of just move myself without a problem? I mean, is that, is, that, is that a bad thing to do? Is that a good thing to do? And you might be saying, I'm not chopping myself off from the body, I'm just kind of relocating. Well, well, here's what we have to understand, is that God has called for each one of us to belong to a local body. We are all part of this big illustration of the body of Christ across the whole world, okay? But God has called each of us to belong, and that's why it's so important what Mark Dever said, that when you open up the beginning of Ephesians, Galatians, Colossians, all these different books, and it says, hey, to the church in Colossae, Paul is saying, okay, church in Colossae, be unified, be one body, be a healthy local church body. But what about the corporate body? Because like, 
what do we do with that? Well, I'm going to give you an illustration. I don't know if this is going to help or hurt, but here we go, all right? When I was a kid, I loved Transformers. I loved to watch the cartoon, and I loved to play with Transformers. So here up on the screen is our buddy Transformer. His name is Titan, okay? Now, here's the thing with Titan, okay? Titan is this big, huge body right here, okay? But believe it or not, Titan is a combiner Transformer. Hang with me, okay? He actually is made up of all of these six separate little individual body transformers, okay? So the question here is, is, is this a body? Yeah. And is that an individual body? Yeah. And is that? Yeah, yeah. So all six of these are individual bodies. And once in a while, when like the Decepticons are up to something big, I'm going real nerd here on you, all right? When they're up to something big, these six local body transformers would unite to become this big titan combiner transformer to take on this huge big problem so is this a body yes is this a body yes local body corporate body okay and so here's what i hope to get across with this silly little illustration is this okay here's living word here's smithtown here's true north here's grace church here's no island christian and, and and out there is genesis church okay we are to be our local church body unified belonging to each other. And once in a while, we get to come together and be Titan. We get to come together and unify. We get to come together and do something we couldn't do alone. And yet we're still living word, and yet we get to join Titan and do something bigger. That's what we've been doing with Genesis Church, is two local bodies coming together, and once a month we join them in their homeless ministry, and we are bigger and stronger and can tackle a bigger need because of it. And so there's this beautiful picture of the corporate body, and we are not enemies with these guys. On Tuesday, I sat in a room with about 50 other pastors from local churches on Long Island, and we prayed together, and we ate together, and we laughed together, and we root each other on. And you know what the heart of every one of those 50 guys in that room is? Is unity among the churches on Long Island to do great things together, and yet that we each have strong local church bodies where people belong where they don't just go here one week and there the next week and now I'm offended and I'm heading up there. No, it's that we pour ourselves into one local church body where we belong. I think the biggest way to unity on the church on Long Island is for the people to belong really well at their local church. Because when that's happening, all competition goes away. If everybody just belongs where they belong and they're committed to the people around them, No one's in fear like, oh man, if we get our churches together, they may like his preaching better. What am I going to do with that? No, it's just like, hey man, everybody just belongs and they're in their spot. Let's get together and let's tackle homelessness on Long Island. Let's tackle the drug problem on Long Island. Let's be a unified corporate body. Titan time. That's when that happens. And so this is so important because of those two things I've been bringing up throughout this message. That's so easy to just say, okay, I'm going to disconnect from this little part of the body. I'm going to go over there and be a part of that one now. And God calls us to do that sometimes. He does. But so often it's because of hurt or offense or disagreement. And you know what? The problem with that is that going to that other place is going to get you in the same place in the long run because there's people there too, aren't there? And I love the old Charles Spurgeon quote. He said this. He said, I've if I had never joined a church till I found one that was perfect, I should never have joined one at all. And the moment I did join it, if I had found one, I should have spoiled it, for it would not have been a perfect church after I had become a member of it. 
Still, imperfect as it is, it is the dearest place on earth to us. And so Spurgeon had great perspective there. That there is no perfect church, and every church is made up of imperfect people, and we're going to hurt each other, we're going to disappoint each other, and yet we're called to belong somewhere. The, the Colossian church had to be the Colossian church. They didn't have the luxury we have today, right? Like if somebody in the Colossian church got upset, they couldn't like, you know, people weren't running around the, the room going, hey, did you hear about that church in Rome? They got great preaching and an awesome children's ministry. You guys should head over there, man. Okay, great, that's 30 hours by car, right? And so 2,000 years ago, how are they going to get there? And so you had to just be the Colossian church. You had to figure it out. You had to clothe yourself with love and patience and kindness, and you had to forgive, and you had to belong to that Colossian church. And so it's so important for that reason. And secondly, it's so important because leaving the church altogether is never the answer because you and I need each other. God created us to work stuff out. God created us to disagree so that we could then learn how to be like Jesus and forgive and love and show compassion and kindness and clothe ourselves with all these different things. If I cut my foot off because it's tingling, my foot's going to die and it actually may kill me eventually too, right? And so we so badly need each other. And so the thought that I kind of want to challenge you with today and I just want to talk practically and kind of introduce where we're headed here is this thought, is that belonging to a local church is about committing to other broken people. That's what belonging is. It's not about a building, a ministry, a great program. It's about saying, this is where I belong. And listen, this is so important. It is about deciding that before the offense and the disagreement takes place. It's about saying, okay, I know Doug is imperfect and he's going to disappoint me at some point. I know our children's ministry is awesome, but you know, my name gets... My name, my, my kid's number may get fleshed up on the screen because they're like beating somebody up down there and I'm not going to take offense at it, okay? Um, I, I know that the people sitting around me are imperfect and all right. And, and so when it comes back down to it, it's just about saying, okay, before the offense and before the disagreement, before the hurt, I'm going to say this is where I belong and this is home. And if you can't say that about this place, then we love you and we hope you find a great place you can say that about. This is not about like, hey, Living Word's the only church on Long Island. No, there are some amazing churches on Long Island. And if this isn't home, then I would plead with you to find home. I'll help you find home if you need help finding home. I'll connect you with great people. Maybe it's too far a drive or maybe you just don't like our style or you don't like our vision or our mission or whatever. I want to get you plugged in and connected and belonging somewhere. Because my, my rooting isn't just for this body. It's for the big corporate body of Christ. And that everyone be in the right seat in what God has called us to. And so we got to decide before the offense and the disappointment that I belong. And I'm going to work through this. And I'm going to be okay. And you know what? God's been doing something just in my heart recently, if I'm just being transparent. And and it's just the realization that I think in my life, and I would guess this is probably true for you too, that when someone disappoints us, when we see a flaw in someone, we, we begin to put walls up, don't we? And... We meet somebody new, and it's like, oh, man, they're so cool. Maybe, like, this could be a great friend for me. And then all of a sudden, something happens, and you see that side of them. And it's like, oh, wall up. Oh, I didn't know they were like that. I didn't know, she was like, I didn't know he was like that. And God just been putting in my head lately this thought. What were you expecting? Were you expecting a perfect person? Because there was only one of those, and that was Jesus. 
And so God more and more has been helping me just begin to look at relationships in my life as I see imperfections around me and as people see my imperfections, just this thought. Oh, okay, so that's how their brokenness plays out. They're broken like me. Okay, that's how their imperfection comes out. And you know what? Rather than put a wall up and say, oh, well, that would have been a cool for friendship if they didn't have that little area of their life, which that's going to leave me alone and, and, and broken and lonely for the rest of my life, right? To say, okay, well, that's, that's their flaw or that, those are their flaws. I'm going to love them, forgive them. Maybe God wants to use me to help them grow and God probably wants to use them to help me grow. I think I said that backwards, but you know what I mean. And so in all this, we have this amazing opportunity to belong and to continue to look at each other in a different way. I, this thought hit me. I was mowing along the other day. This thought hit me. You ready? If God didn't look at me through the lens of the cross, what would he say? Right? If God didn't look at me through the lens of the cross, in other words, he's always looking at you and I through what Jesus did for us. He never looks at you as if Jesus didn't die for you. He's always looking through that lens. Okay, so I know him, I know her. What would God see if he just removed that lens? I was actually thinking about making a pair of glasses I could put on as an illustration and like put a cross in the front, but that would have been horrible. So, but what, what if he removed that lens and he just looked at me, plain old Doug, no Jesus, death, no resurrection, no Savior. And, and just the thought hit me that I need to look at every follower of Jesus through that same lens. I got to look at every Christian through the lens of the cross. Yes, imperfect, but saved, forgiven, redeemed, rescued, and God's at work in them just like he's at work in me. And so here's what we want to do, and here's sort of the historic groundbreaking thing that we're up to here at Living Word. We want, for the first time in 30-something years of ministry, to introduce church membership because we want people to be able to say, I belong. I'm a member that, that, that's home. That's where I, I, I rest. That's where I get encouragement. That's where I give. That's where I serve. That's, that's where I work through conflict. That's where I belong. And just to sort of share a little bit about what this is going to look like, this does not mean you have to stay at this church forever. This is not a legal binding contract. And so here's what this just means. It just simply is us coming together, and then I'm going to talk for the next three weeks about what else it means. But the first, and I think the most important thing this means is that when you and I are hurt and disappointed, we remember, I've committed to these broken people around me. I'm not committing to a building or a preaching style or a leader or a church name. I'm committing to the people around me. This is where I belong. And everything short of God saying, I have something else for you, I have somewhere else for you, I'm going to be here. And I'm going into this decision knowing that I'm going to be hurt and I'm going to be disappointed and I'm going to be at times at odds with people and I'm going to have to forgive and I'm going to have to be forgiven. But this is where I belong. I was a member of Island Christian Church, which was Northport Baptist Church. I was their middle school youth pastor for years and, and uh, I worked through conflict there. People had to forgive me. I had to forgive. We had good times and bad times. And then eventually God said, hey, there's this church on 347. I want you to reach out to the youth in that area. And that's the only thing that, that moved me. And, and literally, I, I stood up in front of the whole church on the day Kelly and I were making the move over here and you know, I, I, Island Christian, and I just cried my eyes out. I was like trying to talk. I'm like, I'm leaving, and I'm so sorry. And, you know, that was a mess. But, but it was a hard, hard decision for us because I had belonged there, and I had invested so much there, and, and I, I, I'd spent years 
basically living at that church. Anytime the doors were open, I was there. But then God eventually said, okay, I have something for you over here. And so we moved. And man, thank God. It's been so awesome. We're so thankful. But I bring that up to say that, man, there were plenty of times I could have been offended. There were plenty of times I could have said, ah, leadership this or that person this. Or, you know, there are plenty of times that people could have looked at me and said, what is this guy? He's a mess. Why? We don't even want him on staff anymore, you know. And yet we, we stayed connected until God clearly said, move. And I guess that's, that's what I'm saying in all this is, of course, there are times God has people leave churches. But I think it can often happen way more than it should because of hurt and disappointment and disagreement. And when we leave hurt or disappointed or because we're disagreeing, there's a very good chance we're going to be leaving the next place pretty soon as well because there's going to be more to be hurt about and disappointed and disagree with. And so my encouragement to you, whether it's this church or somewhere else, that we would belong, that we would put our roots down somewhere and we would let God do some unprecedented things in and through us. The leadership here is going to disappoint you sometimes. We're a staff-led church, which means we don't call a vote every time we want to change a light bulb, okay? But we're accountable to our denomination, and we're accountable to our elder board, and, and, and so, you know what? There's going to be times when we make decisions that you don't like, and you know what? Sometimes there's decisions we make that we don't like. We look back six months later, like, who, what were we thinking? Why did we do that, you know? But, but here is the thing. If, if we're doing something unbiblical, get out of here. Or if you don't agree with our vision or our mission or our core values, find another home place. But if you can say, no, man, I, as far as I know, biblically, these guys are on track. They're perfect, but they're on track. And their vision and their mission and their core values, I'm on board with those. Maybe I don't like this one or that one, but I can overlook that because I love the rest. And if that's you, then we want to say, hey, then would you decide beforehand? And say, this is where I belong. And this is home. And I want to be a member. And I want to belong to this place. And like I said, the next three weeks, I'm going, to, I'm going to continue to say, what does it look like to belong? What does it look like to be a member of this local church? And every time a conflict arises, you will have an opportunity to make an investment in a relationship that you will see returns on in years to come as you plant yourself somewhere. So here's what we're going to do. On, Saturday, on Sunday, October 18th, we're going to make this for you as easy as possible. It's going to be a nightmare for our staff, but we want this to be as easy for you as possible. Sunday, October 18th at 1 p.m., we're going to have our first ever members meeting here at the church. So we're going to do normal church. We're going to get some food. We're going to have you guys sign up over the next several weeks. Whoever wants to come, if it's 10 of you, if it's 200 of you, great. But whoever wants to come, we're going to get you some food, and we're going to just meet for a little while. We're going to share with you our core values, our mission statement, and our vision. And we're going to then say, if, if you're about this, then we want you to be a member here at our church. If you don't want to be a member, that's okay. You could still come. We're not going to have anybody at the door. We're not going to have bouncers at the door. You know, like, oh, where's your, where's your little code? You know the code? You don't know the code? You can't come. No, keep coming. You can come as long as you want, if you're a member or not. But what we want to do is just say, all right, how can we make it so that we are so slow to cut our feet off? So slow to decide we're going to go it alone. So slow to decide I'm going to just go find somewhere else. How can we do that? Because the more of us that commit to one another and stay strong in those relationships, the more God will use us. If we do this, I think some powerful things could happen. I think that God can use our church in our community in a powerful way. And let me just say this. Over the years, there have been a handful of people that have been willing to work through conflict rather than sort of run. And the strongest relationships 
that this church knows are those people. And so I would encourage you, whether it's going to be this church or somewhere else, wherever you put your roots down and wherever you end up belonging, stick it out. Endure with one another. Forgive one another. Clothe yourselves with compassion and patience and kindness and love. And man, let God use us on Long Island. Let's belong. We're going to talk for a few more weeks about what else this looks like. But October 18th, 1 p.m., I'll continue to announce that over the next several weeks. Pray about this. Hear the rest of the series. Find out what it still you know, continues to mean to be a member. But let's see what God wants to do in and through us as we belong to each other, to one another, as we commit before the offense, the disappointment, and the hurt. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you heard me say two important things already. One is that God forgives. And the second is that he sees us through the lens of the cross of Jesus Christ. And so if you want a relationship with Jesus, it's all about what Jesus did on the cross for us. It's all about the fact that God forgives. And so if you'd like to put your trust in Jesus today, I would love to see you do that. And and the way we do that is I'm going to pray in just a second. If you'd like to pray quietly between you and God, then I encourage you to sort of repeat that prayer after me or pray a version of your own version of that prayer and put your trust in Jesus today. And then belong. We'd love to get you connected here and growing together. And we're going to talk more about that next week. But when it all comes down to today is belonging to a local church is about committing to other broken people. Let's pray. Uh, We thank you so much, Lord, that you have committed to broken people like me and like the others in this room. We thank you that you've forgiven and you've shown grace and love and mercy. And we just thank you for those amazing gifts. And I just pray for every person in this room that would say, hey, I'm a follower of Jesus and I'm trying to figure out what to do here. I just pray that you'll lead them. I pray that every person that's supposed to become a member will become a member. And every person that's not will get connected somewhere else. And I pray that even if there are people in the room that say, eh, I just want to keep coming, but I don't want to say I'm a member, that's fine too. I just pray you'll put everybody right where they need to be. But I pray that you'll help us to forgive and love and clothe ourselves with incredible compassion and grace. And so if you're a Christian, would you just kind of begin that prayer? And if you're thinking about leaving this church, or if you've recently left another church to come to our church, would you just pray? And say, God, have I made the right decision? Or am I making the right decision? Am I leaving out of hurt or disagreement? And was I meant to stick it out there? And, and maybe the answer will be no. Maybe God has moved you on or is moving you on. But just let him lead you in that. If you're not a follower of Jesus and you'd like to put your trust in him today, I would encourage you to pray something like this. Silently between you and God. Jesus, thank you that you forgive. I thank you that you see me through the lens of the cross. God, forgive me of my sin. And would you just show me how real, amazing, and awesome you are. I accept your gift of salvation today, and I thank you for it. In your name I pray. Amen.